We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Seahawks Man to Man podcast, powered by The Athletic. Shout out to the company. My name is Michael Sean Dugarv. Here's my co-host, Christopher Kidd. Make sure you follow us both up on the tweet machine. You guys know where to follow me. That's at Mike Dugar. That is M-I-K-E-D-U-G-A-R. Shout out to all of our subscribers on YouTube as well. Our, our, our Seahawks channel on uh, YouTube is Seahawks Man to Man. That's the number two man, Seahawks Man to Man on YouTube. Uh, Chris, talk to him. What is good, everybody? It's your boy, Christopher Kidd. Be sure to follow me on Twitter at CKIDD206 and that's CKID206. All right. I am coming to you from a poorly lit hotel room in uh, downtown Detroit uh, after the Seahawks beat the Detroit Lions in a shootout 48-45 in week four to improve to two and two on the season and avoid losing a third straight game, which would have been very bad for this team. Um, A very eventful day. As uh, Chris and I had talked about before, we pressed the red record button. Uh, Chris, can we can we start with some? Let's start with some love for uh, for Gino today. Let's start with the let's start with the offense today because uh, well, we started with them last week uh, as well. And the point we were making is that there's a difference between the quarterbacks who like just keep you in games and the ones who can keep you in and then go win you the game. You know, and I think that difference is subtle. You know, because anybody can do it every once in a while. Like Kirk Cousins goes out and wins a game for his team every once in a while. Derek Carr, you know, it Carson Wentz has done it, but those guys don't like consistently do it. And because it's hard to do, it's hard to win, right? Like Russell yeah. consistently does it. Tom Brady, he's the GOAT greatest of all time because he's consistently done that. You know, I don't think Brady's the most talented quarterback ever, but you can count on him to go win your team the game. You know, um, Aaron Rodgers, Peyton Manning. You know, Drew Brees, a lot of these guys, you give them the ball and it's time to go win. They can go win, you know, whether that means because special team sucks or because the defense sucks or there's no run game. It's like hey, quarterback. Something has hit the fan. You need to be the guy today because we, we need it for whatever reason. It could be any of those things that I just mentioned for the Seahawks. They've had a few of those issues over the years. And Russ has been able to, you know, to bail them out. Russ has been able to play terrible and then have a magical fourth quarter drive, and they win 13 to six or something like that. And Russ has been in some shootouts where the defense is, uh, uh, is a knife through butter, hot knife through butter. And 
he's had to score 45 or whatever, or 40 or 30 or whatever to, to win games. Done a little bit of everything. But either way, it was like, all right, I can go win you, you know, a game. Gino, for the first time as a Seahawk, went out there and like, this is probably the first time, Chris, I'm sure you would agree that like, as crazy as it sounds, the Seahawks won a game because they had Geno Smith. You know, like this is this is a this is the Geno game. For me. I know Rashad Penny has some big numbers uh, as well, but uh, like this was the game where it was very clear. The offense knew, like, hey guys, every time we touch it, we need to score. Yeah. <laughs> like we and and not three. We'll take three, but we preferably we need seven. You know, and and there was a lot of pressure on them to score every drive in the second half, pretty much. And and they and they delivered, man. I got to give some kudos. To Gino there, because I know I know that you got to adjust for who the opponent was. Lions defense is is is, is like uh, pretty horrendous, especially without Tracy Walker. But still, you can only play who's on your schedule. And boy, this I was very I was very impressed with Gino today. Going, he didn't need to have like a game winning drive, quote unquote, but just to consistently go out there and just light it up and light it up, drive after drive after drive situation after situation after situation with his legs through the air intermediate deep against the blitz like whatever Did a little bit of everything today man this is probably the best Gino we've we've seen i was going to say this is probably the best Gino game he's ever played to be completely honest from passing yards touchdowns and you touched on him doing everything running the football we saw him make audibles changes it ends up being a touchdown that was a Rashad Penny run on third and 21 third and a mile he's like switch it up we're gonna run it here he sees yeah, the gap and 16 that was yeah. okay it's third and 16 he sees the gap that he wants to attack Rashad Penny shot out like a cannon it's touchdown that's Geno Smith changing the play that is someone that is confident in running Pete's offense going out and changing things when he sees fit and doing it comfortably not having to hesitate and that is something you want to see. And we talked about off-wax about Gino beating on this Detroit Lions team. That's something you want to see. You would you would praise any quarterback in the league for going out and destroying a bad team. Anybody. We should do the same for Gino, and that's why we have on the bottom, Gino played lights out. For those listening, yeah, we just put a little on the screen graph. It just says Gino played lights out. But he did everything he needed to do for this team to win. And as you said, the Seahawks won – on Sunday because of Geno Smith, because he played at a high level, because he was making incredible throws. His first touchdown to Will Disley, wow. <laughs> that was perfect. You can't draw it up any better. Basically uncontested. The DB didn't know what was happening. Next thing you know, Will Disley's in the end zone. Touchdown, that's what you want to see from him. And as long as that continues, man, would it be interesting to see what this team can do. That is the biggest goal right now. Can they continue to do this consistently? Because what we saw against the Lions is definitely a, a nod for, okay, that was good. I like the fact that the Seahawks had 14 explosive plays. 14. 14. Yes, yeah, a lot. That, that is a lot, and they did it in different ways. They ran it seven times explosive, and I think you said two of those were Geno scrambles or just runs and all together and the mm -hmm. other seven were passes and guess what dk was involved in that he had 10 catches for a buck 47 he didn't score a touchdown but it was the fact that they were feeding him gino sees one-on-one -on -one over there with the corner with the lions number one corner doesn't matter we have dk i'm going to throw it up what does dk do he makes a play and he did that 
constantly over and over again. And it was good seeing this Seahawks offense rolling on all cylinders and just attacking, doing everything they want to do. You could see how fired up Pete was in the presser. He really was happy that he was able to prove that, yeah, we can do it. And one thing that was crazy to me was how much they were throwing the ball. <laughs> Usually they don't, they, the Seahawks aren't throwing it this much. But against the Lions, they ran it well, and they also threw it well. And a lot of that is to Geno. Shout out to the offensive line. Didn't give any sacks on Sunday against the Lions. Charles Cross, I thought, played good outside of a couple holding penalties. Abe Lucas, what more can you ask for from two rookies that are playing at a really high level in the NFL? Yeah, this was a, uh, the the Detroit defense is bad, um, but what it does in particular with the defensive coordinator, who's probably catching some hell, I would imagine, on the other side of things right now, is G, uh, the defense, they pressure a lot, right? And they pressure from a few different looks. So what pressure does as a quarterback it and as an offensive coordinator, they it forces you to have answers. You know, that's, yeah. that's what, you know, they, they force you to do. And they force you to have answers very fast. You know, because when you sit, like, uh, if they drop eight people, like, a really good example is, like, the Bengals against the Chiefs last year in the playoff game. In the second half, I think mostly actually the whole game, the Chief, the Bengals basically were just dropping eight people into coverage and just letting, forcing Mahomes to have answers that way, just sitting there and waiting to see if he could come up with an answer, get impatient, start forcing throws, and then see if they could get home with, like, three and four guys rushing. Well, when you blitz, you get to think about it now. And you really have to have it pre-planned, you know, on how you're going to attack some of that stuff. And some quarterbacks are better than, at that than others. You know, like PFF and True Media do a good job of, like, tracking quarterback stats when they're pressured and when they're not. And you look at some quarterbacks and, like, their numbers just go to shit. And some of the good ones, they are really good. Like, Josh Allen has established right now, like, if you blitz him, you're cooked. You know, whereas last year, like, Lamar Jackson really struggled against the blitz in some games. Like, remember that Thursday night game against the Dolphins who blitzed the hell out of him and he just stunk. You know, some Mahomes don't blitz him. You know, like there are just some quarterbacks who've kind of figured that out. Doug Baldwin would talk about it all the time. It's like if you guys cover zero, which is just an all-out blitz with man-to-man behind it, if you do that, we are going to score points. You know, and that's continued with Geno. But you can't just do it. It's not – you don't always have a play drawn up for a, a blitz, right? You have to kind of know when it's coming, know exactly how you want to attack it and execute it, right? So an example today, you mentioned the, the draw play to Rashad. I'll use the – the 34 yarder to Tyler as an example. Mm, um, when beautiful. They, yeah, it's oh, it's, it's a it's a great it's a great pitch and catch. Because uh, what happens is I'm pretty sure Detroit shows like a too high look. I'd have to go back. I'm pretty sure they do. I'm pretty sure they show like a too high look, and then they send the pressure late. And so you, it's not like they just lined up. You can and it was like second and ten, I think too. So it wasn't like an obvious passing uh, situation. So you have to a recognize that that's going to be their pressure. Okay, either you check into something like you change the call or you fortunately kind of anticipate their uh, their tendencies and you have something called up already for that. Um, and then as a quarterback, you're like, all right, do I got the right protection set? You know, make sure my running back knows that, all right, you got this dude, everybody, you know, slide the protection one way or the other if you need to. Then you got to execute the throw knowing somebody's about to hit you in the face. You know, like that's that's a very tough situation to consistently do. You know, blitz, if you're an aggressive team, I think the, the Lions blitz at like the third highest rate in the league, something that's probably going to stay consistent by the time week four is over because they blitzed a lot today. When you do that, you're basically like, all right, we're about to either give up a touchdown or we're about to get a really big play for our defense. It's like feast or famine, really dangerous way to play. Um, it's super. I, I would like to play that way. I think we talked about that last year after an episode one saying the Seahawks might have to try that shit. Yeah, um, their yeah. defense was not – they weren't getting any pressure. It was by week 
five, they had like two sacks. Yeah, it was. Started, yeah, and that, that that is a way to, to solve that issue. Like, it, it's not really sustainable. You really need the certain guys for that. You know, like you you need corners who can cover on the back end because they're you're basically leaving them you know by themselves. But like that's a that's an example of a play where it's like it's a thirty four yard pass. Obviously, it's a bomb. It's a great play, but it's like it's specifically having answers for what the other team was drawing up. Same thing as you mentioned, the third and 16 after the play was blown dead. Something I don't know what they said on the broadcast about that, but it was very clear to me in the in the press box that the play was blown dead before they ran it. Like you could see the ref closest to which sideline would that be? I think that would be that was Detroit sideline. The, the ref on Detroit sideline had was waving. And that's why Gino just threw it in the dirt. So I don't know what they debated about for so long, but it was obvious to me that they blew, blew it dead for whatever reason. Anyway, after that play, though, they show pressure, and Gino checks into that third and 16. Now that's credit to Gino. That's probably credit to Shane or one of the coaches because I know every week or every day, I believe, they have, like, pressure meetings. Like, I remember Austin Blythe was actually just talking to me about that this week. He was saying they meet. Like, they have pressure meetings. They have uh, run run meetings. They have, like, just meetings for just certain parts of the game, you know, and Shane's in there. So I think that was something Shane – probably cooked up and Gino recognized like, Oh, Shane said, when they do that, we do this. All right, bet. You know, like that's, 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 that's some, that's some elite shit. And they needed all of that too. Like, yeah, that third and 16 at the time was a very, you could feel how big that was. Cause if I think they, they don't score, if they don't get anything. They were they, down what three was the score at the time. They were, I, up. Think, I think it was 38 to 31 actually. No, I got it. I got it. It was 31 to 23. 31 23. Okay. Correct. And they were at the 36. So if let's say they just throw incomplete or something, that's a 54 yard kick. And he had already missed one earlier. Right. So it's either, <laughs> either you only get 10 or you only get three on that drive or you get nothing. And the other team is only down eight and cooking. You know, yeah. so that was a very big moment to get seven. There, and there were some other throws too. There was a couple of DK ones over the middle in the first half that were just money. Like you said, the back shoulder to Will um, was was money. Uh, one of those fade balls to to DK was 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 pretty money. Like just some really just like precise stuff. I was telling somebody after the game, somebody not a beat writer, just somebody in the stadium. We we're talking. I was like, you know, it's not an accident he leads the league in completion percentage. He actually is a very accurate thrower. Now, the reason I call this game his most impactful game. Because nobody gives a damn if you're dinking and dunking the ball up the field and your team doesn't score any points, which is what was mm-hmm. happening through two weeks. Yeah. Like that was he was like he was first in completion percentage through two weeks, but like dead last in air yards per attempt. So yeah, five point like, two or something. It was like five point two, but he was like eight, completing eighty percent of his passes. It's like my man, that means you need to start throwing the ball a little further. Throw it forward, my friend. <laughs> well, now through four weeks, Gino is up to fourteenth in air yards per attempt. He is he's he's been slinging it. The past few weeks and his accuracy has not dipped. He's not putting the ball in any in, in harm's way that much. He had a couple against the Falcons that were that were a little risky. Um, but like he's he's put it, he's protected the ball, but still pushed it, you know, downfield, which is kind of what you have to do, you know, in a in a Pete Carroll offense, which is why Russ was so good at it. Like Gino today was able to take advantage of all those one-on-one matchups that DK had, which wasn't many. You know what? We gotta Aaron Glenn is probably getting cooked today. That's the Lions defensive coordinator. But, Chris, you remember during the week, DK said uh, – They have safety over the top? Yeah. Well, yeah. Because he got he got presented the question. DK did. Somebody said to him, DK, Jeff Okuda has locked down three good receivers this week. Yep. Uh, this season. What have you seen from him? 
And DK was like, he's had a safety over the top of him. He ain't still a good player, but he's still a good corner. (laughs) And Aaron Glenn, I believe, according to one of the guys who covers the Lions, responded to that by saying, I mean, yeah, that's football. You know, like he didn't say DK was lying or anything, but he was just like, that's how football goes, you know. Um, And I went back and watched the film of the Justin Jefferson game game plan. And, yeah, they did have safety over the top. And I was like, hmm, you know, they probably should have. And it worked because Justin only had three catches for 14 yards. And then you watch this game and you're like, oh, that's why there was a safety. <laughs> yeah. Aaron Glenn was on to something there. Yep. Aaron Glenn was on to something because when you don't have safety help and you leave Jeff Okuda by himself. It was a first down every oh, time. <laughs> oh, it, was, it, was, it was some big it was some big plays uh, over there. I can't wait to go back and watch. I'm going to count how many times Akuda was over there against DK and how many times it was an explosive play. I feel like almost every catch was explosive. You do the math. 147 divided by 10. <laughs> Damn near 15 yards of grab, baby. That's <laughs> Yeah, no, it was it was it was uh no, he was man, I, I Aaron Glenn probably sitting there like, "See? That's why I give help. That's why I yeah. give my guys some 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 help." And uh, yeah, yeah, but you can't do that every time. And the times that you don't, you know, credit to Shane and Gino make you pay for 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 recognizing when they're going to get those shots and then being accurate. You know, like Gino had a couple against AJ Terrell. Uh, of the Falcons with DK and like one of them last week, he just underthrew a goal ball where DK had him beaten. AJ just batted it down, you know, like that was an inaccurate ball. Nah, none of that today, man. And the the uh, the players probably won't admit it because they don't want to shit on the defense, but they know when the defense is getting carved up. You know what I mean? Like I remember Russ kind of saying last week or last, uh, I think two years ago that remember when they came out really hot on offense to let Russ cook here and the defense was just bad. You know, Russ had to score 30 every week just, just to have a shot. Russ never wanted to admit like, Oh yeah, no, I know this guy stinks. So we got to put up 30. It is what it is. You know, like you can't ever say that. That's fine. He can feel it in the game though. Yeah. What the Lions scored. They, I know Gino and those guys knew when they got the ball, it was like, Oh, all right, we got to score. <laughs> We need seven. We need seven right here. They could they could feel that, man. And it, they just kept executing, executing, executing. Yo, Chris, they were nine of twelve on third down today. Nah, they That's insane. It was almost a perfect game for the Seahawks offense. That's how good they played. Almost a perfect game. If you could rank them, if you were to give them a grade out of ten, I'd give them eight and a half, nine. That's how well they played offensively today. Outside of a couple penalties here and there. They played a hell of a football game offensively. They did what they wanted to do. The run game started off a little slow, but Kenneth Walker, he was the spark. He came in, got a few carries, and then they brought Rashad Penny back in in the second half, and Rashad took the torch and ran with it. After that, it was it was it was it was it was done. They did everything they wanted to do. They executed well. The game plan, everything they studied on film, it worked out for them, and they used it against against the Lions, and they were able to get the win. Because of a hot offense. Yeah, hot offense led by a court. Like, I was telling somebody before, like, a fun exercise um, when watching an NFL game sometimes is to just, like, ignore Pretend you don't know what year anybody is. You don't know how much anybody makes, right? Just watch the game. Just pay attention to the jersey numbers. Like, oh, I think I like what 13 is doing on that play or something like that. You would have watched today's game and been like, dang, how much they pay in seven? Hmm. He must he must be making a lot of money. Like if you just watch the game, like seven must be making a lot of money. Like that's what that's what you would think, and not like the three and a half mil or 
whatever that 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 he's making. Like, nah, this is kudos kudos to him, man. We were very critical of not critical, but just like pointing out like just being honest. Yeah, a Pete Carroll quarterback can have a ceiling where it's just like, all right, you Pete, you, your quarterback has to be the point guard. That's what Pete likes to say. Like, just get it to the guys, yada, yada, yada. Okay, cool. But sometimes, sometimes Chris Paul point guards for three quarters and then scores 20 in the fourth. You know what I mean? Because it's winning time. You know, like that's that happens a lot. LeBron does the same thing. Like being the point guard is fine, but sometimes you're going to have to just get a bucket. You know, like a lot of Seahawks fans in this, this area are like Dame Lillard fans. They know. They've seen Dame do it all the time. Sometimes Dame's like, I got to score 50. <laughs> just for us to win by two, you know, for whatever reason. And that that's that's fine. That's what Geno had one of them games. Yeah, uh, today where he would tap his wrist like Dame do, you know, instead of Dame time, it was Geno time. Yeah, credit, credit to him, man. Like uh, that's that's really that's really impressive. Credit to Rashad Penny as well, man. Like he knew Rashad knew. It's funny. I talked to him during the week. We we're just and not for like an interview thing, but it was. I was just. I told him. I just kind of came up out of nowhere in the locker room today. I was or one of the days. I was like, you know, man, I feel like you got a big run coming. Now it was not because I picked up Rashad in fantasy, although that was I did do that, and then I did not play him. Um, but I just felt it. I was like, yo, you're, you're breaking a lot of runs and they're either getting called back or you're getting like tripped up by somebody. It's like, if you just, you got a couple in you, he's like, I know. Like, he's like, last year I was like that. It's coming. It's coming to get, just watch. Like if they just keep giving me the ball, it's going to come. And like you said, Chris, the first half, it was not there. No, it wasn't. It was not there. Not there at all. Gino they was say, the leading rusher through the first half. They shot like eight yards in the first half. They said K double triple three, uh, and we need you to get some something going because it ain't working right now. And Kenneth comes in, makes a few plays. Second half rolls along, he's back. Rashad Penny's back in the game, and you see, ooh, okay, eight yard gain. Ooh, okay, ten. Ooh, he breaks one. He got tripped up though, and then after that, yeah, Rashad Penny was in a groove. When he gets to second level, man, he does have some different speed. Like he is. Didn't you run like a four five four four or four four? I can't remember what he what he ran. I think he was also a little heavier um, at the time when he ran. I'd have to go back and look. But I just know he when he gets in open space, he can really hit it too. Like and there's there's a certain type of run that he likes too that he can hit. We were talking a little bit about that as well. But yeah, I, I shout out to you know, credit to him as well. Like the things the things are clicking. This was like everything Pete Carroll would really want. It's not just be a game manager, let the defense do its thing, rely on the run game, hit play action shots. No, 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 man. Sometimes it's going to be like third and eight or whatever. Your defense thinks there's no run game. Can you convert? And Gino was like, sure, I'll just run for 11 yards. Yeah. Like that's, that's, that's what's, that's the difference between like being a quarterback you win with and a quarterback you win because of. And like, uh, like, like you said, Chris, the question on offense is can you continue that? The answer is probably no because you can't play the Lions every week. Um, <laughs> and that Saints defense is real that they're about to play next Sunday. Um, but we'll deal with that later in the week. The other question on the other side of the ball, it's good God, Chris. What is going on on the defensive side of a side of the ball, man? There's no way a Jared Goff-led team without Amon Ross, St. Brown, DJ Chark, and DeAndre Swift should score 45 points, and then TJ Hawkinson be the reincarnation of Calvin Johnson. That was if, crazy. If you want to have a career day as an offensive player, play against the Seahawks. Cordell Patterson, Atlanta Falcons. What does he do? He has a career day on the ground running the football. Oh, a tight end, TJ Hawkinson. Pretty damn good tight end. Want to have a career day? Leave it up to the Seahawks secondary. They will give you a shot. And boy, did he live up to the expectations, TJ, that is. Had a great game. Seahawks couldn't stop 
anything. Nothing. They were just out there for exercise, just run up and down the field. That's what they did on Sunday. Just run up and down the field, try to make tackles. It wasn't good at all. I don't know where you can make changes because it was that bad. You got to think about it. To make change, someone has to take someone has to take someone else's spot. Who behind? I don't know, Mike. It was bad all around. There wasn't anything that stood out. Actually, Tariq Woolen, my bad. Pick six. Thank goodness for Tariq. If they don't get that pick six, I don't know if we're talking about a Seahawks victory 48-45. It's that close. Gino, to be honest, he played so well, he might have been able to lead them to a game-winning touchdown. Yeah, I I would have been confident in him leading them on a game-winning drive, yeah. But that's hopefully, you know, that that means Jared Goff doesn't score too quickly. (laughs) Maybe they choose some some clock because at this point, they score whenever they wanted to. To end the third quarter, Hawkinson catches it and goes 81 yards. Yeah, that was that was tough, man. Cody, I don't what do you tackle them, bro? What are you doing? <laughs> 81 yards from a tight end that ain't Kyle Pitts is pretty that's pretty rough, man, because tight ends ain't that fast. Like, there's only there's only like three dudes, and you you name one, Kyle Pitts. The other dude, you know, I forget his name. Uh Johnu Smith, hella fast. He bounced around the league. It's not like he's nice like that. He's fast. I mean, maybe yeah. you could say George Aaron Waller. Darren Wallace. Is he fast though? I don't <laughs> nobody should nobody should run for 81 yards to your uh, point on you like that i don't even know who, who caught who caught hawkinson on that i can't even remember. it was such a bad play it don't even matter he shouldn't have got 81 it shouldn't have been 80 70 plus yards after the catch let's just start yeah. there yeah that's yeah I that thought it was gonna be a routine tackle he gets pushed out of bounds i'm i'm I'm, think, I'm watching yo this man is still running i said they're not gonna end this quarter and they're gonna start the fourth quarter down at the five what do you know yeah that was so here's the the thing on the defense is was such a weird game for them because they came out and got a three and out, I believe. Oh, that was and then got another three and out. I think they got two back to back three and outs. Um, but then they or they they muffed a punt, I think. Tyler Lockett fumbled, yeah. Yeah, so I think they did get two stops, but then muffed a punt, and then they gave up a touchdown uh on that Tyler Tyler dropped the uh all right, I guess that's not no, a fumble. No, he, 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 turning it. Yeah, he had so possession and he was running, fell, and got the ball got punched out. He he actually fumbled, as you yeah. said on Twitter. Tweeted out. It's very rare that you see that from Lockett. It is very rare. He doesn't fumble. Yeah, so the, the defense has it starts pretty well. The the uh touchdown to Hawkinson, the first one was that's uh I think that was on Jordan. I think uh he's supposed to carry that up. Supposed to carry uh, that, yeah. Yeah, supposed to carry that 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 play up the sideline and that particular coverage because Tariq's already occupied with whatever whoever he was following. I think it was like Reynolds or something. So um, Josh Reynolds, I think, is his name. So that that happened, and then they kind of buckled down a little bit. You know, Detroit didn't convert a third down until the second quarter. Um, you know that the Seahawks third down defense was good. You see, they went back to that uh, that dime look with Ryan Neal, where they had uh, if, on third down they have four linemen. And then they they put they bring on they pull Cody off the field Cody Barton that is and bring on Ryan Neal basically use him like another linebacker they went back to that look that look it was really helpful for them you know last uh, last year to fix their third down defense but that didn't really yield dividends really they they gave up some stuff you know Kobe had a play where he gave up one I think Josh Jones gave up some um, like it just it just didn't they were flip flopping. Michael Jackson and Sidney Jones, you know, Mike played a bunch of drives, but then randomly Sidney Jones would be in on some, on some drives. I'm, I'm trying to identify a trend there. My thought, 
I think if I go back and look, is that Sydney played in like more obvious passing drives, like with two minute situations and stuff like that. And then Mike played in a lot of like just normal situations, which maybe suggests that they trust Mike maybe better against the one um, of it's the two corners. Damn sure good tackle. Which makes sense. He's a very, yes, yeah, he's a very physical corner. So that's, that's the thought I'm doing in my head. No one told me that I'll just go, I'll report it and figure it out. But um, that, that was my thought. And it was, it was effective. And then they got the pick six. I was like, oh, I think I got a fumble too earlier. Shout out Kobe punching it out. There's the fumble. Like there was, they were doing some things. They were forcing punts. They were getting pressure. They were getting turnovers. I was like, this is it. The defense has turned a corner. This is it. The dime package, less of Daryl Taylor on early downs in favor of Daryl Johnson, who left the game in a boot, unfortunately. Um, Like they had a plan. It looked like it was working. Got Shelby Harris back. That was effective. And then it just went downhill fast real real fast and i thought it. i mean quandry made some good points after the game you know where he said he's like we just got to get guys on the ground you know that's part that is part of it uh, <laughs> but in the run game it's not even they just they're they there are holes there are holes in the in the defense you know there there are some some issues there jamal williams 51 yard run josh is the only guy who gets a shot at him josh jones that is you know that is that is really, really, really tough. And there wasn't like a ton of pressure on Jared Goff today. I think they got him a few times, um, but like he wasn't under like a ton of duress. He he stood in there and made some throws. What did Jared throw for today? Damn near 400 yards, isn't it? Shoot. 378 yards <laughs> and four touchdowns. Jared and Montana. Then, and then he ran like a two-point conversion in. I think he threw a two-point conversion in. He did. He threw one to Hawkinson. Yeah, I mean, this check was... this out, Mike. Do you remember the Lions' fifth possession in the first half? They started off with a holding, then they run it for seven, then they get another holding penalty. It brings up third and like, I think it was like third and twenty. They throw it to the white dude Kennedy, who comes across the field for a first down, and they go and score on that drive. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was like second and like twenty-three. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, I just said holding. They run it for seven, another holding play, so I'd make it second down. So, yeah, it was like second and 22. And then they just converted, yeah, right after that. Yeah, yeah. Cody didn't drop deep enough, kind of what we alluded to last week. It was against the Falcons. It was third and 19, and I forget the um, I forget the wide receiver's name, but he comes running across the – he has a corner route, and the linebackers don't sink farther enough. Neither does Tariq, but here again, Cody's in the same scenario pretty much where he didn't sink deep enough, and you could feel he wasn't sure when – I watched the replay – I could tell he was thinking, damn, am I not deep enough? And then at the last second, he realized, oh, shoot, receiver right behind me. Those are things that they have to fix. You cannot give up explosive plays like that. That can't happen. It's second and 20. Keep everyone in front of you and go rally. That sh- It should be that simple. I know they call defensive, they, they might call a play for you to run. Just don't let nobody get behind you, bro. You got to know that. You got to be aware of where the sticks are. And just watching the replay, just thinking, ah, Cody, you're supposed to be further back. Because that, to be honest, that could have been another interception. If Cody dropped where he got the depth he needed to, you're going to get a pick. And if not, they're going to throw it short, and you just got to rally to the football. And that was just a couple of things that stood out. I'm sure we can go through multiple times during the game because they put up 45 freaking points. Clearly, there was a lot of mishaps, missed tackles. Guys not in their areas, but... That was one thing that stood out to me. Second and 20, 
and you give up twenty three in particular. Second and twenty three, and you give up a huge first down. Those are things that you got to get rid of. The fact that the Lions completed that says a lot too. But they it was an issue last week against the Falcons. We saw that Mariota dropping back. Yeah, third and nineteen, no biggie. First down. Jared felt the same way. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah, and that, that's a tough that's a tough play in particular, just because I see what Cody's seeing because he has uh, he has Hawkinson right in front of him, so you can tell he's trying not to. He's sitting on that, but then Jared leaves the pocket, and yeah, he doesn't get more depth on that, and then it just becomes yeah, it's, it becomes a mess. Yeah, it's, that that's a tough one. The, the, the defense here's the thing the the uh, the title that we have on the bottom of the screen says defense need help because they do. I don't think this is an, this is no longer a. And we'll get into it with some of the Twitter questions as well, but I don't think this is any longer a. How do I want to put this? Just simply asking guys to play better, and I mentioned this last week as well. I don't know how feasible that is. Mm. Like guys, some guys are just going to play better. That's it's just how how it works. But it's like okay, which guys and how much better. Like those are questions I don't have answers for because it's not being able to tackle is one thing. Like the Niners game, it looks a little bit more like an aberration in some regards. Like they just didn't tackle very well in that in that game. And then the 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 Falcons game was like, oh, you guys don't even have a chance to tackle because guys are just running free. And in this game, it's like, okay, guys are running free and they're catching the ball, and then no one's near them. Or they make one person miss, and then it's 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 a goner. I think Jared Goff averaged like six point one yards after catch per completion today. Now a lot of that helps having the big eighty-one yarder or whatever, but like that's it wasn't all the eighty-one yarder. Like there were guys getting a lot of yards after their catches today. I mean, even that dude on the the little Kennedy guy who catches the one you're talking about on that second and twenty-three, he doesn't catch the ball at the sticks. He catches the ball short of the sticks and gets like, the first. Yeah, like five yards short, and then gets like another nine. After that's that. bad. 
Yeah, no, I, I think they. It, this is a uh, this is when John Schneider and his guys kind of look across the league and say, okay, is there any competent defensive guys who hate their team? You know, for real, because that's that's how they've been getting a lot of guys. That's how they got Dwayne Brown. That's how they got Carlos Dunlap. That's how they got Jamal Adams. Uh, See if they can bring Carlos back. Shoot, I don't know if he hates the team, but man. <laughs> uh, well, I'm watching the Chiefs game right now. He's fine over there. The Chiefs. Uh, they got him rushing. He's got. He's, got, he's trying to get 100 sacks. I think he's going to get it this year. Probably he's been a good pass rusher. Good for yeah, him. The pass, the pass rush is not really. It's like it's okay, um, but not like Mike. You're generous, bro. I ain't know if it's okay. I'm gonna be honest with you, bro. I I, I gotta be real. Statistically, they're getting pressure. I I need sacks. No, I I hear you. I mean, <laughs> with pressure, the pressure numbers will bring the sacks. I'd have to I'd have to look here. Let me look at what the pressure numbers look like it's not it's not great but i don't think they're like the years past where it's just like oh okay you guys need to trade for someone now like they you are you can't wait though if they oh, got goals to win it they're 28th in pressure percentage yeah, yeah, I, yeah. i'm why you you see it you're just being nice and that's okay sometimes my you can't be nice well i like to compare some of that stuff to the rest of the league too like no that okay, makes sense they're they're 22nd in sacks with seven they are 25th in quarterback hits and they are 28th in quarterback pressure. So yeah, that's 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 bad. That's that's objectively a bad uh, pass rush team. So yeah, they need they need some help there because I don't think you can just ask for more guys to play better. The other, I think we're already back at the point of last year where it was like uh, maybe they should just start being aggressive, blitzing, know, and being more yeah being more aggressive because I think let me check where they are in blitz rate. Uh, they are. Let's see, the Giants blitz the most at 42%, which is nuts. Uh, and the Seahawks are 22nd at 20%. So maybe that's the answer. Maybe you get that number up to in the 30% range where you're sending some more pressure. Then it's that who you're sending, you know, without without Jamal, you know. So they have a lot. I mean, I guess you can send Kobe. Yeah, he's been effective. Cody Ryan Neal. Yeah, Ryan. Ryan blitzed a little bit today. Uh, he did force Jared Goff out of the pocket a little bit. So yeah, they they need some help, man. They 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 do, and I know those guys in there trust themselves and their teammates to figure it out as they should. And I understand why they do. We do not have that same uh, blind faith. I think they'll turn some of it around. Like I said, I think some guys are just gonna start playing better, for sure. Uh, especially a lot of the younger guys. But again, which guys and how much better, and how long will it take? You know, well, so that's it's gonna be a lot of questions. Those are two very qu- uh, how many questions is that? Which guys? How much better? <laughs> How long will it take? Those are three That's very crazy. important questions that I just don't have answers to, you know, on after week four. Well, speaking of answers, we got a lot of Twitter questions and maybe you can provide some answers and we might as well just stick with the theme and kick things off with the defense because boy, defense wasn't good. So what side of our, of the Seahawks defense should fans be worrying about the most D line linebackers or secondary. And this is from young slick X. I really think it's all of it, man. I, I, I really there's players at every level giving up big plays in the run game, in the pass game, because the pressure's not there, and then the penetration isn't there in the run game, and then in the run game guys aren't getting off blocks, and then if they're getting off blocks they're not making the tackles. It's just like every every level has guys who gave up big plays today, and who gave up big plays the days before. You know, like whether it's a Josh Jones giving up a big play. Like Josh was responsible for, you know, Josh, Josh had a missed tackle against the Falcons that resulted in a touchdown. Uh, the Drake London play, you can't, you, you know, you can't have that. That's a secondary thing. Then Josh missed the tackle against Jamal Williams today. 
that's a 50 yard touchdown. So like that's at the secondary level. You got, uh, I think Jordan was responsible for one of the touchdowns against the Niners off of miscommunication. Jordan was also responsible for the uh, Hawkinson touchdown uh, in the first quarter. Yeah, Cody Barton missed the tackle on the TJ Hawkinson big play. You know, there's just a lot of big plays that are just happening at all levels. And then again, the pressure's not there from the front. So then these quarterbacks have time and they're not blitzing that often. It's just everything. It's just ticking down. It really is every level of the defense. And that's why I think there needs to be some some reinforcements brought in. This is the time where you look around the league and see what you can do um, because there's not, if it was one level, there's ways to work around like that. Okay, our linebackers aren't strong. How can we work around that? Okay, our secondary is not holding up, but if the if the front is solid, we can work around that. It's like, there's not really a workaround when every, you can't work around the whole three levels, you know? And you can't do that in the course of just one week either. Like, they're off, they're basically got meetings Monday, so there's no practice. Tuesday, they're off. They're not really going to get on the field to get together again until Wednesday and Thursday. And then they're going to travel Friday to go to New Orleans. So that's a short day. It's like a walkthrough kind of practice. So it's not a lot of time to fi- figure things out too. So that's, that, that's, that's tough. So yeah, I think, I think every level is concerning legitimately, you know, that, that, that's the bad news after this game. This is from headlines at Punistan to blame for these defensive struggles. What do you do here? Play calling by Clint or Pete, or is it execution by the players? Yeah, I think the the play calling itself, I think is fine. Like they ran some stuff today that Detroit had some good beaters for, like like a, a play that is specifically drawn up to beat what you do. Like they had some cover three beaters. Um, they had some middle of the field beaters. They had some some stuff drawn up. Like even that play you talked about, Chris, the the uh, where Kennedy comes across. Like that's a if you can make it across the field that way, it's a good beater for for like a too high look because Michael Jackson, they had a bunch of underneath stuff that kind of held Michael Jackson and Cody and you sneak a, a, a route behind them, you know, if you have the time in the pocket. So like they had some good stuff drawn up. Detroit, Detroit is a good offensive team, you know? So some of it was just execution. I don't think they really necessarily got out schemed uh, in a lot of it, you know, not at least in ways that I can break down immediately after the game without watching the film. I really do think that a lot of this is guys not playing well. That is really like legitimately just getting beat by the guy across from them or missing an assignment or missing a tackle or not getting off a block or not being in a gap. It's a little bit of everything. And I really don't think I felt a little bit of what was going on week three was a little bit of scheme stuff, uh, particularly with how they were playing some of their fronts. They were giving up. They were showing really light fronts and then just getting the ball ran on them a lot. That was an issue. But today I was like, nah, dog. I just think guys are not playing well and like guys is giving up stuff, you know, like even like Kobe got Kobe got beat on a couple of things and then made made up for it with like a fumble. I mean, Tariq had the great pick six that also got beat on like a back shoulder, you know, near, near the goal line. I think it was like Reynolds or something like that, like everywhere. They just got plays every, even when they went into their prevent defense today. Uh, Lions with like 75 yards, they score a touchdown, you know. Is it's it's really concerning everywhere. I don't, I don't think it's a play calling thing though. I, I think that they're just you can't play call around players who don't play well. You know? you know, that's the issue. This is from the homie Ralphie Davis at I'm Ralphie Davis, local rapper in Seattle. Appreciate the love here. What's the word on Trey Brown? Is he coming back soon? I would not say soon. I think the earliest we'd probably see Trey is probably like week week seven, eight, maybe maybe eight, 
it's probably going to be a few more weeks. And the competition at cornerback is probably going to stay opened up. At least at left corner. As, as we mentioned earlier, Mike Jack and um, Mike Jack and Sydney were flip-flopping. Probably got to throw Artie Burns in that competition as well. Maybe see if you can try Kobe Bryant over there. Just because the consistency is not there from down to down. Corners are going to get beat. That's kind of what happens. But you have to make up for it with some more splash plays. Like we saw, like we talked about last week with Michael Jackson, like he got beat, but then also had a PBU. Like, you know, you can do that. But today was not good. Today was not, it was just not, man. I think, oh man, it was, it was, it was really, really, really bad. This well, let's look at some positive here. Realistically, this is from Keezy, 187 Keezy. What do you think Tariq Woolen's ceiling is? Oh, it's real high, man. It's real high. I, I think. I think. Uh, I always knew it would be high. I just didn't think he pl- played this early and played well early. I thought he was going to have some more growing to do, just because he hasn't played a lot of corner. He played a couple years in college. The tape looked really raw, you know. Uh, but whoo, 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 he can catch. There's that. He is very fast. Very, very, very fast. And he can, oh man, he just needs, once his uh, recognition on some stuff gets a little smidge better, and he still has a lot of penalties too. I think he had a couple today. Uh, I think he had one, I think he had, gave up a touchdown and got called for holding, you know, on, on the same play. Like that's that's tough. So the ceiling is high. It's going to take a little bit to get there, but this that's like an all pro ceiling. I think just the way he can run and catch and play the ball, like that's, that's it reminds me of, um, Patrick Peterson a little bit because I I contend that Patrick Peterson was such a good athlete in his peak he could have went both ways he could have played receiver and played DB because he was just so good feet were good could jump could catch crazy Tariq Tariq is like that type of athlete to me so whew, yeah he's that's that's a special kid I, he probably got like an all pro ceiling I think it's still gonna take a little bit to get there but yeah it that's what it is this one is from at Dennis Gill 10. Are there options to potentially replace Cody Barton? Nope. At least not on the team. <laughs> not on the team. This not, one is on the team. There's only one. there's only Tanner Muse and, and, and Nick Ballor really yeah. backing them up. You could play like you could just play small, I guess, and play like Ryan Neal all the time, you know, but that's tough. You can't really ask Ryan to be taking on pulling guards on first and ten. Uh, uh, that's he's too he's it's a small cat you know relative to the people he'd be taking on blocks from so no there are not on the team options to replace cody if that's what they want to do they would have to look elsewhere for that speaking of looking elsewhere this one's from austin at reset vii now for my roman numeral people vii is what that's seven right reset seven seven yeah there we go do you think seattle would look into trading for or sign a free agent linebacker wise mid-season yeah they're definitely so to my knowledge how teams do this is they have a board of guys already they're always scouting other teams players and they're always uh keeping a list or a board or maybe it's like a word doc or no it's probably an excel spreadsheet whatever it is and they have it like mapped out ready to go that's how when somebody gets hurt they know right like Tyler Tyler ends up hurting his shoulder they have a long snapper on deck ready to work out like so they they know these things i I think they're always looking so yeah it's it's possible i personally do not have like a running list of inside linebackers if they wanted to go that route maybe i'll look that up later in the week 
but it's not like every t- team just got just like spare inside linebackers. It's a hard position. So would they look at it? For sure. Are they just going to give up on somebody like Cody right now? No. And also I don't think everything's Cody's fault right now either. It's a bunch of people in the defense not playing well. You don't give up eight yards of play and like 400 plus yards. How many yards did they give up? You don't give up 500 yards of offense because of Cody. Like it's not just not just him, you know. So they gotta look at everybody, coaches too. So, but yes, to answer the question, would they consider that? Yeah. Who? I don't have a name for you quite yet. I gotta keep looking. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This one is from Lane Smith at Lane Vanilla. When do you think there could possibly be a move where Kobe Bryant is outside corner, or are they waiting on Trey Brown to return? Um, the only the issue with moving Kobe to outside is you don't have a nickel, right? Because Justin Coleman still has that calf issue, so you can't do it now. So you would have to answer your question. To answer that question, I would say it's possible to move Cody. Kobe, I get, now I'm getting these guys mixed up. It is possible to move Kobe over there to the outside <laughs> again. However, you need someone in the nickel. And you need a backup nickel, really, just in case something happens to Justin. You know, you got to be prepared for everything. You need at least two guys at every spot. So yep. I think, I don't think that's coming soon. I do think Kobe Bryant could do it. I think he's actually going to be, he's, he's got a high ceiling too. I think the rookie class is good. I do. But I think of some of that is potential, you know, where that versus actually producing. It's a lot of potential in the, in the rookie class, but potential doesn't always win you games. Potential sometimes give up 500 yards. 500 is a lot, man. Like they're giving up a lot of yards right now, a lot of points, you know, and really, really, really tough. But yeah, I think I, I think it would have to get really, really, really ugly for them to move Kobe. But even then, they can't do it until Justin gets healthy. And I think they do would like to see what. Artie looks like healthy. Trey Brown, maybe give Sidney Jones a run against the Saints. Like, I think if they would try all of that before moving Kobe Bryant. This front is this one is from Panda Hombre. Is defensive is defensive tackle is Daryl Taylor a fish out of water in this new scheme, or can he become the difference maker the Seahawks need? Yeah, you know, I was thinking about that. 
I was I was talking to someone who really knows like defense. Um, they actually they um, they actually happens to know the Seahawks defense pretty well too. Um, and I was asking about like 50, I was like, hey, what do you think fifty two? Uh, showing some plays and stuff like that. I'm like, yeah, they, they actually said that dude looks like a fish out of water, and that was mm. interesting. That's interesting. Somebody used that uh, in in their question because um, this that was coming from someone who like knows defense at a much higher level you know um than i do and for them to use yeah. that phrasing is pretty pretty serious i think he can figure it out i think once he got to get comfortable as a pass rusher i think it's almost like the inverse i think i think he's like how do i want to put this because let's say boy mafe they thought he was going to start off as a pass rusher actually it's just like boy mafe they thought he was going to start off as a pass rusher and then grow into somebody who could play on, on you know, early downs. I think Daryl's kind of that way too. Like get him going as a pass rusher first and then work him back into some, you know, first, second down, stuff like that. Cause right now it's just not, it's just not clicking. It is just not clicking. I'm not really sure what it is. I think he's healthy. He's fine. You know, confident cat. But I think being a difference maker would help a lot because right now they really don't consistently have that up front i don't know what's going on there he's one of the guys i do think when i say some guys will start playing better i do think he's one okay i think by november december we'll see kind of how daryl looked again right now but you know maybe that's too late at that point but i do think he's one of the guys who will if 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 part of your your thing is is 52 just going to start playing better yeah you know i can i can see that some of the other guys not so much this one is from jeff could Daryl Taylor? This is going to be a lot of movement here. Could Daryl Taylor replace Cody Barton, so he moves to that linebacker spot, and then have Boye Mafe take Taylor's outside spot as a pass rusher? You think Taylor no, would be effective no. in that role? Yeah, it's like moving Daryl inside. No, I don't. I don't think that's again. I think he's got to be a pass rusher. I think you got to get him going as a pass rusher. That's the thing, and that way you can get start getting attention to his side and it opens things up for other guys. Because right now there's really nobody on the Seahawks. You have to double team. Uh-huh. You know, like there really, there really isn't. You know, you gotta you put your best guy on Ochenna, but I don't think you have to double team anybody. Like, what did Daryl do today? Daryl have any stats today? Uh, uh, he had maybe a, an assist. Yeah, he had an assisted tackle. Uh, no, it looks like he had a solo tackle. Hmm. Well, there you go. That's one. Uh, but yeah, I think you got to get him getting to the quarterback, man. If nothing else, because that'll just I think that'll just spark his game, man. I do. Oh, his tackle is when Jared Goff scrambled out of bounds. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, I'm, I think sometimes I think some of our Twitter questions, like people kind of overreact and slam some players prematurely. I do think the criticisms that, that DT is getting right now are pretty fair because they're coming from his coaches too, man. Like, yeah, the coaches are saying he's not playing good. They're playing other guys more than him. Like, what? there's really nothing more to be said, you know? He just got to start playing better. If not... Play Gerald Johnson, play Boy Mafe, Alton Robinson can come back soon. You start playing him, you know, like there are there are some options there, whereas there are not really a ton of options there if uh if Cody is not more of a difference maker going forward. All right, let's spin it to the offense. This is from Eric Mock at underscore mock Eric. Would Pete and company consider moving Lewis, Gabe Lucas, that is, back to right guard, or not Gabe Lucas, excuse me. Moving Damian Lewis back to right guard with Gabe struggling so much. Um, perhaps, perhaps. I think 
Man, that's tough. That's tough. Because, yeah, I'm with you guys. I don't I don't think that's another guy. That's the, one of the few guys on offense who's really actually not playing super well is Gabe there. Yeah, they, they might have to make a change mm. there. I think you can see what Phil Haynes could give you there. Um, but then that's about it. So that's the issue. It's like it's just really Phil Haynes. I don't think, like, you really want Jake Curran there. You guys remember, Jake Curran, Pete even said this a few times last year. He was like, hey, he just don't got it at guard. Tackle? Yeah, he's solid. Guard? He don't got it. So maybe that's changed in year two. I'm not really sure. I haven't seen a bunch of Jake at guard. But that's the only other option, if not for Phil. But I do think that's one of those positions they'll probably get back in the film room and be like, all right, let's open it up at right guard. Maybe Phil could take it. Maybe you move D. Lou over. Uh, I think that is down the road, though. I think that would have to, that would probably come way later. Because right now, I think they're like, we can survive with what's going on now. Whereas with some other spots, probably not. So, yeah, I think I think that's an option. But I think we're probably like four or five weeks away from something like that happening. All right. This is from Kong at All Kong 90. If Seahawks do not get a high draft pick, do you pay Geno to come back next season? Or do you find a way to get a rookie quarterback? No, I, I think that's kind of an overreaction to um, to just a good game today. I think the, the big picture, Geno is playing really well. I'll say that. He's he's putting up some numbers. You know, not just like stupid numbers like passer rating and stuff like that. Like his touchdown percentage is good. His yards per attempt is good. Air yards per attempt is now respectable. He's got, I think, the lowest percentage of off-target throws you know, in the NFL. That's really good. Like he's being accurate. Now he's pushing the ball downfield. Now he's finding the end zone, you know, so I think, but we need to see it over the course of 17 games. You know, mm. I go back to one of those uh, anonymous quotes from Mike Sandoz quarterback tiers in July. They were like, yeah, he's a decent backup, but if you needed him to do it for the whole season, he's probably not going to deliver. So let's see. Let's see. Four games in, Gino is not one of the Seahawks problems. They have some problems. Gino is not, not one of them. <laughs> He, he is not he is he is fine like i said you watch you watch the game and ignore the numbers on the guys jerseys or you, excuse me you know you ignore the names and ignore the, the salaries and just watch the game you'd be like oh seven looks fine you know like he, he has a player two every once in a while you're like i would well come on what are we doing here uh intentional grounding he, he he has really bad grounding calls and he threw a hell mary to dk today oh, that had no shot um but but to throw it up to dk once a game thing i, I can live with that <laughs> I was just saying, you know what? DK's down there somewhere. Here you go. <laughs> yeah. You know what? I'm I'm cool. I'm cool with that. Uh but yeah, no, I think yeah, Gino Gino ain't their, their issue. I still think we're talking about paying somebody long term. That's gonna take you got I gotta see you for a whole season. This one is from Patrick Kirshner. Was Russell Wilson holding the offense back in Seattle? Doesn't look good in Denver. Did the Seahawks win the trade or is it too early to tell? Too early to tell if they won the trade. Um, but I do think that in terms of just style of ball, Pete Carroll will end up being more right. He'll end up looking more right. Because I think I think both of Pete and Russ had fair arguments in terms of how they wanted to play offense. Pete's going to end up looking more right, I think, in the in the short term, um, just because of how well Geno is playing and how people how low people's opinions are of Geno versus mm-hmm. how Pete's was. Like Geno looks, Pete, Pete, Geno looks as good as Pete told us he was. <laughs> facts you know like it, he's gonna look right there but no russ wasn't holding it back i do think that how, how do i want to put this i i do think that gino trusts his protection more than russ ever trusted his protection mm. now i say that 
And I have to also acknowledge that Russ had a lot of reasons early on to not trust his protection. He, he had bad protection there. So I can understand if he was a little jittery, bailing out of pockets, scrambling, whatever, too soon, running into some sacks. Like he didn't have trustworthy protection for a while, quite a while. You know, and then he eventually got some he could, you know, trust, but not really. Gino actually has some really decent uh, pass protection, I think. And he 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 adjusts well with it. You know, they're getting the ball out quick in some instances. Um, they give help where they need help. But then sometimes Abe and Charles are just being asked to hold up, and they do it. And Gino's standing in there trusting for them to hold up. I think that's the big difference between the two, at least through four games, as much as anything, is that Gino trusts his protection when you trust it and you can stand in there and make some throws. Like those those two in particular over the middle to DK, I think on the first or second drive, maybe the second drive, like those are, you got to stand in there and trust your protection for those. You know, and I think that's also why Gino's been better than Russ on third downs because he's standing in there trusting his protection and then making it happen. This one is from 13 Ones. Could Seattle go out and hire a specific coach just for screens? They would just coach screens maybe at practice call screens, but they need something specific. Could they go out and do that? No. Defund screen passes. Ban screen passes. Outlaw screen passes. You know how Washington has certain laws specific to their state? You know, we got certain gun laws. We probably have certain abortion laws. We got, we got some voting laws. Probably got laws on you know, the, the separation of church and state. We got laws on having tobacco and alcohol in the same spot. Can't drink in a strip club in Seattle or in Washington. All these Washington-specific laws that we got, legislators, make it happen. Go there, get a bill signed that says if you if you run a screen pass as a coach of a football team in the state of Washington, you'll be burned at the stake. Something. You will be stoned, drawn, and quartered. Something. Because it, you just got to get rid of it. You have to. There's no... Chris, what more do we got to do? What more do they have to see? These screens don't work. I don't, I'm not going to say, I, you know where I stand. I say, make it work, figure it out, but we're not going to get into that because that could be a whole podcast as to why they should continue to run screens, but I digress. We'll move on because you have, you said burn people at the stake. I get it. This Come one. On, they do a, Russ threw a pick six on a screen in the playoffs. That this should one have been the death of screens right there. This one is from Eric. Tweets are dumb. Has a tight end ever put up more yards against the Seahawks than Hawkinson put up on the Seahawks Sunday? That is a great question. Was it Eric? Is that who I said? Yes. Great question, Eric. And that forced me to look it up and use my research skills. The answer is yes. <laughs> George Kittle had 181 receiving yards. <laughs> on the, that's not supposed to be funny. It's very George, funny. <laughs> George Kittle had 181 yards in week 13, I believe it was, last year. Um the game where Jamal got hurt, by the way. Everybody said, talking about Jamal don't matter. That happened as soon as he went out, by the way. Uh, one of those uh, big plays that George had. So I think that was, yeah, 181. Hawkins had at 179. So the answer is yes. A tight end has done that. Now, the, some of the guys who have had big games like that against the Seahawks are better than TJ Hawkinson. Hawkinson's fine. It's a first-round pick, I think. But, like, Mike Evans had, like, a buck 80 on the Seahawks before. Uh, D Hop had like 224. I think that's the record for someone against the Pete Carroll Seahawks team. But 179 is up there, man. That that's rough. Uh, for, for a second there, I think I tweeted it too. It it looked like Calvin Johnson snuck in, put on an 88 jersey, and just started balling because boy, he was unstoppable. 
unstoppable today. Bucks 79 and two touchdowns, and he caught a two-point conversion. Oof. This one is from Shiv at name Shiv. A little funny one. What's up, Shiv? Did the Broncos trade for the wrong CR's quarterback? <laughs> that is kind of fun. no. That is that is kind of funny because it's like there's a world where the C- the Broncos is just like you know what? Hey, can we have uh, Geno Lock or Geno Smith? We want to have him compete with Drew Lock, and then like they just duke it out over in Denver uh, with Nathaniel Hackett and run a, an offense that's like similarly effective. You know, same thought. Uh, you know, they have like Noah Fant, Geno Smith, Javante Williams, Melvin Gordon. And in a world where all the receivers are healthy, Tim Patrick, uh, Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton, like that's that's a squad. Yeah, you know, with a with a with a good defense over there. Although I think I don't think the Raiders defense or the Broncos defense look very good today. Uh, but no, that's a funny one. Shout out to Shiv. Uh, hopefully we're saying that right. But yeah, that's a, that's a funny one. Yeah, because I need to watch more of the Broncos, man. Because Russ is getting cooked out here. Yeah, he is. I thought he. I, I, I thought he. Uh, his numbers looked okay against the Raiders. I didn't watch the game. But. I thought he played good. He had a couple spurts here and there where he got sacked. Could be an O-line issue, but it's not a rust. This is Seahawks man-to-man. We are moving on from that, yes, man. Yes. We're going to stick with the Seahawks here. This one's from Michael. We got, I think, two more. This one's from Michael. It's Mick Newhaus at Mick Newhaus. Yo, Mike and Chris, how are you feeling about Rashad Penny's performance? Should we expect similar results moving forward, or is this an incident of just terrible Detroit defense? Uh, a little of both, I think. Rashad can. Rashad is really good running the ball. Like yards per carry is not the end all, be all for running backs. But there is a reason that Rashad's yards per carry are good because he can run the ball. Like yeah. when you give him the ball and say run it. Like good he, things like, happen. Yeah, like he's really effective. Here, let me check the leaders in yards per carry right now. Let me see. I'm gonna check because Rashad, what do you average today? Like eight yards a pop disgusting <laughs> yeah man like that that dude that dude is nasty like he Rashad didn't just finish the year strong that's like a uh, like a vague way of describing what he did last year last year Rashad finished the year as the best back in football mm. and I'm not joking like he really did even right now Rashad is fourth in yards per carry he's at 5.9 for the year that's disgusting the only people ahead of him are DeAndre Swift who's only played three games Aaron Jones at 6.8, which is also nuts. Uh, and then Khalil Herbert's at 6.1 for the uh, Khalil Herbert of the Bears. Uh, mm-hmm. So, and then it's Rashad, Cordell Patterson, Chubb. Like, whew. Yeah, Rash- Rashad is having a really, really, really good, uh, good, good year, man. Uh, that's just one metric, though. Rashad's doing good in some other ones. But yeah, he, he just needs more touches. He needs more touches, man. That's, that's it. Um, now he needs to, he's going to play some better defenses. Next week will be the test for real. The Saints run mm-hmm. defense legit. Like they can Cam they, Gordon. They got yeah, they got some dogs. Yeah, they got they got they got linebackers. They got DBs that can come up and hit. You know, so like they should have beat the the uh, the Vikings, Vikings. in London yeah. today. Yeah, so that'll be the test. But I do think overall, Rashad's going to finish as a really good running back. Like when healthy, he's fine. Like think about it, Chris. How many times we when, when's the last time we watched a game and said, "Wow, Rashad looked bad." He just, to be honest, for Rashad, it was health. He never, we never got to see him because he's always hurt. But now we're right. seeing a healthy one, and we saw that last year in the last few games. So I think if the offense continues to play the way they're playing, the offense continues blocking the way they're blocking. I don't see why he can't eclipse 100 yards at minimum, maybe yeah. 85 here. I think, I think he'll be fine. 
Uh, I, think, but... I think one thing that's going to be key for Rashad is mixing up the runs. Last year, he had a lot of big runs on like that that zone play where you kind of like read everyone flows one way and then he like cuts back. I think that they need to get use him more as like a bruiser because he can run. I mean, he's two two thirty five, something like that. Like he can run through people um, as well. So I think that that that's how they should use him as well. Use him inside more, not always just trying to get him out on the edge because those edge runs they like today was a good example. Those were not really working some of the best runs they hit were right like and those were, gaps right yeah through, right through there yeah like in the, within the tackles they had some off tackle runs but it was more like it wasn't like the, the mid zone wide zone stuff that they were doing a lot of last year we got two more mike this one is from paul martin at p martin k to texas What's up, paul? who has the worst record at the end of the season seahawks or broncos that's a fascinating question i would guess the seahawks i would guess because I do think at the end of the day, the Broncos have a competent defense and they have Russ. Like that's that's enough to get wins. That is, as you can see, that's how they've been getting wins. Like I was, I was telling somebody today, look, man, the Broncos probably should have won week one. Like they fumbled twice at the one. You know, yeah, that, what more could you ask for? That that hasn't been done ever. I don't think uh, the data that I have only goes back to 2000. But I'm pretty sure that's probably never been done ever. You know, twice in the same game, you fumble at the one and lose those fumbles too. So I think that was a little fluky. And also kicking a field goal at the end of that game was so stupid. Like Russ was probably going to go down there and score uh, or at least get closer to kick a, a, a easier field goal. So I think that uh, I think the Broncos will be a little better record. As well, because I just think this they're they're closer to being a complete team, you know. Whereas I know I think Javante Williams is hurt pretty bad, but I still think they can run the ball with Melvin, and then they got the weapons. They have Russ who can go out there and win you some games, and their defense is still decent. So they're closer to being a complete team. Whereas the Seahawks, I think, have a really solid offense, and then like a defense that just cannot stop anybody at all. This last one is from the homie Sam at Sam Me C five two one. How did your fantasy teams do? I played Gino over Russ in my Superflex League. Paid out well. Uh, they say, how did my fantasy team do? Yep. Uh, okay, let's let's look. Uh, I'm in four leagues, which is four too many. Uh, where should we start, Chris? We're going to start with the one that me and you are in together? Might as well. Uh, let's see. I am... Oh, I'm going to win. Nice. Uh, Jonathan Taylor got me nothing. So I'm... <laughs> I'm going to end up three and one in the league we're in together, Chris. That's good. Uh, I'm in another league where my team name is Seattle Dog, which is nice. I got Fournette right now, who apparently is stinking it up in this Sunday night game. I got Kittle going tomorrow, and I'm up one. And my opponent only has – oh, he has Mike Evans going right now. Mm. So that's going to be close. I'm projected to win because I got Fournette, and then I got Kittle tomorrow in my big money league. Oh, I'm getting – dusted oh i'm down i'm down 40 <laughs> oh i started Mar i started mariota that's why mariota only had three points today that'll help you yeah and i started gabe davis he stunk yeah it was just a it was just a bad day for my big my big money uh what's my other one uh i'm in another league where i'm up 13 my opponent has evans and fournette uh and he has Brandon Ayuk tomorrow. And he has the Rams kicker. So I'm projected to get smoked. So I'm two for two in my four fantasy leagues. So 
There we go. Ooh, okay. Right now, I am in the league that we are in. Start off one and two, but I'm bouncing back. I'm about to get the dub. I'm up 158 to 130. He has one player left. And that one player is Leonard Fournette. Negative three yards. Not worried. He has a 1% chance of winning. I should be two and two by the end of the week. The KJR. Uh, KJR league i'm oh and three but i'm about to get my first win so i'll be one and three shout out to who who stepped up big today i did not bench kamara so that was a zero but thanks to <laughs> hawkinson he gave me 40 fantasy points today and oh, Jamal you TJ hawkinson? I didn't yeah know <laughs> oh, i had yeah, tj 40? yeah 39.9 i rounded up jesus yeah he did the seahawks in and then in my high school league my old day league from all the homies that went to O'Day with me I am two and one, about to be three and one. Shout out to Kyler Murray and Josh Jacobs, as well as Justin Jefferson. They put on for the city today. Yay, yay. And then my homeboy, Deontay's league that I'm in. Dang, you're in four leagues as well? Yeah. Shout out to Rashad Penny, because I had the decision to make. I said, damn, do I start Marquise Brown or bench him for Rashad Penny? Best move I made. Although Marquise did go off for 20, so... My fantasy league, I am going to win every matchup this week. Yeah, I'm a, I'm, I'm a bad fantasy player. This is this is an example of how bad Mike is as a fantasy player. I benched Josh Jacobs and Rashad Penny in the same league. Uh, maybe you weren't you you weren't coherent. You didn't know what was going on. You stayed out late, maybe in Detroit, kicking yeah, it with I the homie. You, I sent you that one. I'm pretty sure. I was just trying but, to be funny. <laughs> yeah, in that in that league, I ended up starting Antonio Gibson, Kareem Hunt. And Christian Kirk mm. over over DJ Moore, Josh Jacobs, and Rashad Penny. So yeah, that was that was, that was tough. I would have I would have won easily if I'd have, if I started those guys. So yeah, that that stunks. Thank thank you guys for pretending to care about our fantasy teams. So. <laughs> well, there that is another episode of Seahawks Man to Man. We want to thank you guys for rocking with us after the Seahawks destroy offensively the. Lions. They went out there and had a great showing. Put up 48 points. Unfortunately, defense gave up 45. But you know what? The best thing is they walked out of there with a W as Jameis Winston likes to throw up. Oh, we didn't, uh, we, didn't, uh, we didn't talk about we didn't talk about it real quick before I get out of here. What did they say on the broadcast specifically about DK having to take a dump? Well, they so when at first everyone thought he was hurt. They were like, oh, man. Damn. I mean, even I was thinking, oh, wow, something serious. But the way he was sitting on it made me realize maybe it's nothing at all. And then obviously when they found out, they're like, oh, <laughs> just had to use the restroom. <laughs> well, that's good. They It was funny. It, they didn't know kind of what to say of it. They thought it was funny. He had to pee or poop. We just knew he had to, we just know he had to oh, use the restroom. If you're getting carded, you got to poop. <laughs> I figured that too. One more step and it's a wrap for you, G. That's what I was thinking. But <laughs> It it was funny. I thought it was hilarious. That was that was quite the move there. So <laughs> yeah, that, that is, I was worried. I seen him getting carted off. I said, "Uh oh!" I just said, "Hey, yeah. carted off to the locker room." Like, my mentions went crazy, and then my homie texted me right when I tweeted that he was like, "He's probably getting carted off to go take a dump." I, I laughed at the text, and then I hit him later. I said, "Hey, how did you know that?" Because <laughs> like that was before the broadcast ended. That was actually kind of funny. And back to back weeks, we've had. Uh, We've had a drone uh, stop a uh, uh, stop play for a little bit, and then one of the players get carted to the bathroom. Mm. We'll take it down. That's funny. DK is a funny cat, man. I mean, when you got to go, you got to go. 
No, that's real. When you have to go, you have to go. And he had to go. So I get it. <laughs> no, that's it, with football players, man. I really get it because it's like if it's almost there and then let's say you get hit on the field. <laughs> Yeah, way. man. And then they come out, so you gotta just go. That's funny, man. That's shout to DK. That's a funny. That's a funny cat, man. Carded to go use the bathroom. That's only funny. DK. Yeah, only only DK getting carded to use the bathroom, man. That's that's a funny cat. Well, again, thank you guys for tapping in with us on the Seahawks Man to Man. We will catch you guys later this coming week with a preview of the Seahawks and Mike, the New Orleans Saints, as we talked about a little bit on this show. They got a pretty good defense, but if the offense is rolling like this, Gino, we trust. We'll catch you guys later. (laughs) Peace.